This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer and editor. And this is... Drink! Drink! Drunk! A grammar show. With a drinking problem. Today, we're talking writing your way out of an emotional funk. Close proximity. And emojis! Smiley face. Thumbs up. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, guys. What's this thing called? Okay sign. That was really cute. Guys, she just (laughs) held up her fingers. (laughs) Her pointer and her her thumb together with the other three up and said, What's this called? (laughs) Like she just got off the boat. (laughs) That means okay. (laughs) I know... I feel like I used to like do this when I was like little, but I never knew what it was called. (laughs) (laughs) You used to make that sign and not know why? No, I knew what it meant, but I guess I didn't know it was called an okay sign. (laughs) This is the thumbs up. This is the okay. This is going to be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Shut up. You shut up. So we got to talk about... <laughs> she just flashed me that damn okay <laughs> sign again. This is harassment. We are going to talk about redundancy. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> this was a video podcast. You would all be clawing your eyes out. <laughs> the amount of okay signs. <laughs> Uh, redundancy. Did you know that close proximity is redundant? I did. Of course you did, because you're going to tell us about it. <laughs> I was like, are you going to do this one? No, I didn't read it. No. But I think that people say this a whole ton of a lot. Well, this is this guy's point. So I say it a lot. You're currently in cro- close proximity to me. Yeah. So on um, Slate.com, Murray Carpenter... Um, Murray? M-U-R-R-A-Y. All right. Murray? That's a name you don't hear. Like, isn't that kind of old-fashioned? I don't know. Murray. Murray Christmas. I thought you were saying Marie, but with like a Philly accent. Uh, Murray. Is that a Philly accent? I don't know. All right, anyway. Murray wrote about... Well, now I, now I like don't even know how to say it. I'm like, now it sounds right? like you're saying Mary. Mary. Murray. Bill Murray. Murray. Okay. Murray. Okay, sign. Murray wrote about the redundant close proximity is way more beloved than it should be. So mm-hmm. to your point, one of his big things is that it's everywhere. And yeah. he can't get away from it no matter what. No, you're always in close proximity to somebody saying close proximity. Good point. Mm-hmm. He says close proximity. Bill Murray. And Bill Murray. I wish I was always in close proximity to Bill Murray. Somebody is. He's everywhere. Yeah. He lives for the Twitter Instagram shot. Oh, really? I mean, I no. I think if you asked him, he would say no. But that's like his shtick. It's like showing up places and being like, who, me? Oh. Uh, I feel like uh, Tom Hanks like gets like 
he doesn't maybe mean to be at like places necessarily, but the most recent one I saw was when he was like going for a run or something <laughs> and like he saw people taking wedding photos and he yes. like stopped and took photos with them. Like stuff like Which that I see with him all the time. Breaks my cardinal I would totally do that. No, breaks my cardinal rule of um I'm the most famous person at my own wedding. Yeah. I don't like having so more at one famous point, people than me at my wedding. Um, so someone took a video while they were like taking photos, mm-hmm. and um, he said someone said something like, or he said like, "I'm the oh, bride now." Am I? <laughs> <laughs> He's sort of like, "Am I invited?" Or like, I forget how it happened. And then they were like, "Yeah, you want to be the efficient or something?" Yeah. And I like was thinking about that bride, and it's like good story i guess but no wouldn't you be like yeah everybody's lining up to get their photo with tom hanks and you're like hey remember me (laughs) the bride yeah i would like make tom hanks pay for my wedding if that happened remember all the shit i had to do for this day and how tired i am all tom hanks does walk in his lovable personality yeah steal it all away i would love if tom hanks was at our wedding that'd be awesome no he's too goofy all right. Aw. Just kidding. I, I have nothing against Tom Hanks, but <laughs> there's, um, you just, when you're getting married, you are the celebrities for the day. So have you seen those articles that are like celebrities who made like the best, you know, bridesmaids or whatever? And it's like mm. Rihanna being a bridesmaid. It's like, good luck. <laughs> Good luck, bride. <laughs> See, now that's di- now I'm contradicting myself because I would love Rihanna to be my bridesmaid. Well, yeah, but like you I think should she would have do seen such a good job. like these other Wouldn't like people she throw the best bachelorette party. Well, yeah, but then it's like you should have seen this like <laughs> normal looking photo of like people with their flowers smiling, like Rihanna with her like tattoos, and like she like altered her dress to make it like edgier, and it's like oh, yeah, you sure ain't. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she was a great, a great bridesmaid. But so how about that redundancy? So, <laughs> anyway. Rihanna, great bridesmaid, redundant. <laughs> uh, he says, Murray says, close proximity irks me viscerally, like chewing tin foil. Ew. Ew! Oh god! Yeah, we are bombarded with it daily, not just by the the TSA and train stations and airports, but also in the news and even in literature. For starters, it's redundant. Is there another variety of proximity than one that is close? Far proximity, perhaps? Moderate proximity? It is. There is not. And it is wordy. Stay close to your bags works well, as does keep your bags nearby. If you like the sound of the word, you can, you can use keep your bags in proximity. Hmm. Anyway... I don't think people even know what proximity means. Yeah, I get that the word for close. the TSA well, or so a public sign because people don't know anything. He says that later. He's sort of so I won't keep reading from it, but he sort of says like, "Why are we using the word proximity if we don't think people know what it means? Like, <laughs> yeah. why not just?" Say, so he yeah. goes back to say, "Why not just say keep your bags close? Like, why even use that? Like, you know, because what, what do you call it when something's say- a fancy word?" Um, like a dollar word or something, $15 word, $20 word. What's oh, that called? right. Like that, what you said. Something like that. But TSA is like, oh, we're a government agency, so we need to be fancy and use like government words. But then someone's like, no but, one knows what proximity means. But <laughs> the people in this airport are 
stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you got to do With it. With their sweatpants. Yeah, these people are in sweatpants. They have to. <laughs> they're walking around barefoot because we make them. <laughs> you think they know what proximity means? They don't know. Uh, you have to do it um, international style. And I know I always brag about how I'm so multicultural because yeah. I go to London because my family lives there. But in the airport, they say over the loudspeaker, like every 10 minutes, it's like, do not leave your bag attended. Uh, no, sorry. I was <laughs> like, that, that's ballsy. <laughs> do not leave your bag unattended. Unattended baggage is taken away immediately and exploded. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Like, I don't know if they say that in exact words, but the message is, if we see a bag with nobody around, we take it outside and we blow it the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> Yeah, they're not messing around. No second chances. And if it's a bomb, it explodes because it's a bomb. But we're already outside. We're in our bomb area. And if it's like your makeup and your pajamas, it also explodes. Yeah. So good luck. Nobody says close proximity. They just say like. No, no one. Oh, at at the airport. No, over there. No, they're like, come get your bag. Or we're blowing it up. We're shooting it. 21 gun salute. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's what we need to get into. Uh, he ends by saying, for all the wrong reasons, the phrase is probably here to say, and I'll try to tune it out in Penn Station and elsewhere. Anyway, it's obvious there are other stilted redundancies cluttering our lexicon. Hell, it's blatantly obvious. <laughs> oh, man. Get it? I'm not so good. My mind's not attuned to thinking of redundancies because I think that I'm attuned to thinking of oxymorons, which is opposite yeah, of a redundancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on the lookout for yeah. redundancies now. Anyway, so Murray. if um, <laughs> for those, uh, for our listeners, I think you should know that proximity does mean close. So okay. you don't have to say close proximity, but if you don't trust the sweatpants wearing barefoot idiots walking around you, just say it. I don't know. Hopefully Murray's not around you. I think if I texted my friends like, hey, we're in proximity to you. They'd be like, so where are you? Yeah. Like, well, maybe we're also like, so he, in this article, he says like authors use it constantly. Journalists use it constantly. Um, it's losing its meaning. Proximity doesn't. So yeah, like now everyone thinks you have to say close proximity. His point is sort of like, what other proximity is there? Like, yeah. you should never say like, you, or you would never say like, I'm in medium proximity to or or whatever so yeah but I mean just know it and you can snicker about it in the corner Hmm. or just say it and be part of the in crowd I think what's going to happen first is before people stop saying close proximity they're just going to stop saying proximity Mm -hmm. it's going to go extinct and you're just going to be like hey I'm nearby please stay close to your bags you're very close to a train station like they're, they or they'll just send an emoji. Proximity. <laughs> Linda. Yes. You know how the kids do their text messages? No periods. Terrible. All exclamation points. Yes. Occasional question marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also do emojis. I've I'm aware. <laughs> and, and gifs. Oh, gifs. That's a whole another and, story. Or gifs. Gifs or gifs. Yeah. Um but I 
think we need to become fluent in emoji. I mean, I already am. You, you know, are, yeah. You know me. I'm like 19. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. So it's important for us to know how the millennials are communicating because we have to communicate with them more and more. The older they get, to mean the workforce. They're going to be our peers. Oh my God, probably my boss. Soon. Yeah, I was say your boss probably. <laughs> Definitely your boss. They have so much... Uh, like ambition confidence <laughs> they're very confident yes okay so these are according to thrillist jeremy glass wrote this article the most hilariously passive aggressive emojis ever okay. which is such a millennial headline to write yeah jeremy glass is definitely a millennial definitely a millennial. his um handle his twitter name is at candy and pizza Oh, God. I wish mine was good. I mean, mine is okay, but... But don't you want to just hang out with Jeremy and eat candy and pizza? I wonder what his Twitter bio says. I'll tell you. I like candy and pizza. (laughs) Some people's Twitter bios are so good. His says... Someone that I follow, who I forget, but I'll I'll try to look it up and remember, like, Mm. it's time to bring it in. Someone wrote, um, retweets equal, we're married. That's good. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Glass, his um, bio is disappointing but exciting because he just says bylines, colon, all the places that he's written for. Okay. Because he's quite a successful young lad. Okay. Thrillist, Ask Men, Mike News, and NY Times. Big story on Mike News. Time oh, out. like MIC? Yeah. I thought like Mike, his friend Mike, M-I-K. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Time Out, New York, Esquire. Um, and then at the end it says, and McSweeney's once. <laughs> That's good. Which I like. He lives in Brooklyn. 95.5 thousand Vine loops. Do you think he cried when Vine died? I guess so. Uh, his picture, his profile picture is him eating a banana and shrugging. Okay, so we're getting a nice view Mm -hmm. of... And his cover photo is somebody playing a guitar with a sticker on it that says, This machine kills fascists. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So... All right. You know, we're already... I guess I'll listen to what he has to say. (laughs) We're already on Jeremy's side. Wait. (laughs) Yesterday, he tweeted... (laughs) Um, Yesterday, you know, Ohio is going through quite a... Quite a like um, women hating spell right now. Yes, um, he just tweeted, "LOL, Ohio sucks." <laughs> <laughs> so he's definitely a expert on emojis. Yeah. All right. Based on all of the evidence I provided. Okay. So he's his uh, theory argument: the human species relies less and less on our actual faces and mouth holes to communicate. <laughs> Emojis have taken on a crucial role in helping us convey how goddamn annoyed we are at our friends, family members, significant others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we use the emojis to express how annoyed we are without being aggressive, hence the passive aggression. Okay. Number one or... I'm not numbering them, sorry. So he has upside down smiley. Is that just a frown? <clears throat> no, it's oh. the smiley face that's literally turned upside down. It's a yellow, oh. smiley, yellow smiley face. And it's. I do that sometimes. 180. And the, I don't get it. Why would you ever do that? Eyes are on the bottom. I do it to be irreverent. Is there a reason for it? <laughs> it is the embodiment of passive aggression. 
It seems friendly until you take a closer look. You receive this emoji when you've inadvertently pissed someone off or inconvenienced them, but they're too immature to directly express the situation. So it's usually followed by like, no problem or thanks. So his example is somebody says like, hey, I really appreciate you handing everything at work today. I know you were at the office pretty late and you send upside down smiley face. Sure. Huh. Wow. I sent it to my mom a bunch (laughs) (laughs) because she'll send me something and I need to respond. So it's like, here's something like I acknowledge I received this here's and something. something to confuse you a little bit. Yeah. 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 Big fan. Yeah. All right. Peace. I can't imagine ever using that. Well, look out. All I've right. used it before because I think it's funny because I do think it's like weirdly like this. Uh, I am not as tuned in as some of these people, but I have like a general baseline. And like when I saw because I've said smiley face is kind of new. When I saw it in my keyboard, I was like. This is weird in a good way. Like I would use it to be like, yeah, to be super irreverent or weird when somebody's like, when I want to be like, I I want to end the conversation. I have nothing to say, and I don't want to be like, oh, cool. I'm like upside down, smiley face three times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I only do it once. I'm a big fan of threes. Yes, you are. Okay. All right. Peace sign. Linda's demonstrating for you guys on the video cast who haven't gouged your eyes out yet. (laughs) This comes out when the person you've been texting feels fed up, ignored, or otherwise exasperated by the way you're communicating with them. What? For example, so maybe you know somebody, this is just a total hypothetical, that doesn't always have their phone on them and isn't always checking their messages. And will just... Is this a subtweet? And will just like (laughs) turn their phone on silent throw it in their purse and check it eight (laughs) hours later and you've written like six things with like detailed instructions or plans and then change the plans and you get no response so you type peace sign wow I feel like you might be talking about me (laughs) she's definitely talking about you you guys okay if you're not new to the podcast Linda lives in a simpler time And Linda's world is always anywhere between 1997 and 2002. <laughs> Friends is on the air. Oh my God. Will and Grace is popping. In <laughs> sync singles are coming out on TRL every single oh God, Friday. I went to TRL. <laughs> She's not checking her phone every couple minutes because she doesn't live in 2016. <laughs> So you sent her a message. You're like, "What time do you want to court tonight?" I'm thinking five. Actually, I gotta cancel. We can't do it tonight. Okay. And then she shows up on your fucking doorstep. Like, where are you guys? I'm here. Like, <laughs> sent you 17 text messages. Oh my God. She goes, "Oh." And if you're phone- wondering why we didn't have an episode two weeks ago, my phone was on silent. <laughs> In the bottom of my bag. I just didn't look at it. Oh, my God. I really do wish that we still only had landlines. <laughs> would you answer? Yeah. Or if I'm busy and not home, <laughs> I would like, uh, Mrs. Huss, this is Brian. Is Linda home? Yeah. Like, before Assuming call waiting mom. is basically what I want. OBC. Oh, man. Um, so, <laughs> today we were, like, recording it. Like, Morgan had to do something before we were recording. So, uh... <laughs> I had to sort of be on call. I said, as soon as I'm done, I'm going to text you when I'm on my way home. Have your phone on you. I was like, oh my God. Do you know that I realized, I like 
went around looking for it at one point around like 2 30 mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god i like can't find my phone where is it it was in my bag i don't <laughs> even know how it got in there because i like purposely was keeping it out all day and it was on silent i was like how did that even happen i've been like so purposeful <laughs> it's like such a knee-jerk reaction i'm like silent bag don't need anything <laughs> As I was like listening to my Christmas album, wrapping presents. What Christmas album? I thought you were rapping. No. Um, I was listening to Bing Crosby first and then like a mix, weirdly, that I have. Lovely. All right. Uh, Another one Head Rub Girl. So, do you you know who I'm talking about? It's. Mm -mm. um, It's. It's a girl emoji, and then coming from like the top, there's two hands on her head. Okay. Like she's getting a head massage. Oh, like her own hands or someone else's? No, somebody else's. Oh. So when your BFF's got drama to discuss, or you want to confirm, or she wants you to confirm if her Instagram caption is good, yada, yada, yada. Head rub girl is like, I'm going to pretend to listen to this because I'm your friend, but I literally can't. Wow. Head rub girl literally couldn't so many times that it gave her an aneurysm, and now she spends 100% of her time at home having the blood massaged out of her brain. Oh, my God. That went to a dark place. I didn't realize. Yeah. So head rub girl is when your friend is being, like, needy. Okay. You respond with head rub girl. It's a good thing I, uh, (laughs) before I've started using emojis on a regular basis, I have all these rules to abide by. So I would just be using them willy-nilly, not knowing Get on it. Okay, Z, Z, Z. You know, it's like the yeah, Zs, yeah, yeah. And they're like floating away. They're like yeah. diagonal. Okay, three Zs. Sleeping, snoring. Snoring emoji, basically. I'm bored by this conversation. Yeah. Uh, okay. So their example oh, is... this one? <laughs> yeah. Their example is somebody saying, I saw a really cool cloud. New message. I'm pretty sure it was a cumulus. New message. <laughs> now I'm buying a chicken salad. And the person responds, OMFG, Z, Z, Z. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like... That one I would get. Uh, stop it. Just stop it. His example is, you know, these kind of texts or even worse Facebook statuses. I'm talking about my boyfriend's niece just turned five today. Oh, my God. (laughs) See, see, see. All right. This is one you probably won't know. Okay. Avocado. I don't know it. Just an avocado? Yeah. Okay. Avocado emoji is your way of calling someone a basic bitch. What? (laughs) Whoa. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> did that I don't get that was a that was a big leap I think you know what a basic bitch is of course yeah so avocado wait for our listeners who don't know can you define um, a, a basic a bitch? basic bitch is like a very normal girl who likes very mainstream normal oh. things like a pumpkin spice latte I got you I got you I got you cold play <laughs> you get the you're a basic bitch Mm-hmm. And it's fine. I mean, rosé, basic bitch. Yeah, I get it. Everyone does basic everybody, bitch things. Yeah, everybody but has part some people of are basic bitch all in them. only basic bitch. only that. Some people are okay. full basic bitch. I didn't know that was. Oh, so if I, I said to you like, right. "Hey, um, I'm bringing over a bottle of rosé so we can watch the new Coldplay concert," then you would send me avocado emoji. Because you oh also God. live in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like scratching chin guy. 
Hmm. You know who I'm talking about? He's like the little emoji and he's like... I think Linda's acting these out as you... <laughs> his brows are a little furrowed and his fra- his his, okay. fa- his mouth is like half frown and he has his hands on his chin like... Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, the example that is for this is, a, is somebody saying, Hey, have you seen my boyfriend's rash cream? And then person responds, scratching chin guy. And they write, so no? Question <laughs> mark. Um, it's just like it doesn't really mean anything like scratching chin guy doesn't care he doesn't have an answer he doesn't have a question he's He's like pretending to think but he doesn't care yeah he is just he's just there he's already moved on he doesn't he's not part of this he doesn't care don't don't engage after you get a scratching chin guy all right it's going nowhere I'm glad I know all these rules now Mm -hmm. Uh, thumbs up Good job. She's got it, guys. She's figured it out. <laughs> Did you learn that from Michelle Tanner back in the 90s? Yeah. You got it, dude. <laughs> I so, have a framed print of a thumbs up. I typically use thumbs up. I'm a basic bitch. Oh, yeah. Avocado. Um, I typically <laughs> use thumbs up genuinely, I think. I feel like I get thumbs up a lot. Sometimes I just don't feel like being like, okay, cool. See you there. So I'm just like, thumbs up. Yeah. But it can be sarcastically used to express your low-key aggression. <laughs> the example of this is your mom texting you. Uh, this is a fictitious person. Ran into Kimberly's mom. She just got engaged and moving to Paris. Three engagement ring emojis. Handsome guy. She showed me a pic. You should call her to say congrats! Exclamation point. And you respond, thumbs up emoji. Like, no, you're never going to call her to say congrats. You don't care about Kimberly or her mom. But, like, your mom's very excited about it. So you're just like, She's being a basic bitch. Thumbs up, mom. Avocado. Why an avocado? Because <laughs> avocados are basic. Avocado avocados toast. Are great. Avocado toast. Basic. Ruined avocados for everybody. Avocados are basic now. Oh, I get it. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. What is basic that I do? Gilmore Girls. That's super basic. You're very special. <laughs> it's true. I have to be real bad. Avocado. <laughs> <laughs> All basic bitches have to pee. This time of year, Morgan, as you know, yes, can sometimes get people a little down. Mm-hmm. Or like you know, the new year sometimes. Winter. There's so much that yeah. around this time of year. Christmas time. Yeah. Is why is here. that a song? Yeah, I don't get that. That's so time depressing. to cry. Yeah. And binge. Right. <laughs> have a beer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we have the inauguration coming up. Uh, so people might be Curse in a you. little That's not happening. bit of a funk this time of year. Mm-hmm. So luckily, we have a solution. A solution. Drugs. Well, or uh, <laughs> New York Magazine. Uh in the Science of Us section, you can write your way out of an emotional funk. Here's how. Tell me more. So this is excerpt, excerpted from Emotional Agility. I book. feel like I see a lot of people trying to tweet their way out of an emotional funk. Well, yeah. I don't think it's working. Agreed that that is definitely... <laughs> it just seems to get worse and worse. That's abs- absolutely and true. And you cannot 
ever under any circumstances Facebook yourself out of an emotional funk? No, that's how to get into an emotional funk. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, that's. Uh, I agree. You could still eat yourself out of an emotional funk, right? Good point. Yes. I don't know about can you? out of. I mean, I feel like you can eat yourself to like a point of ambivalence, but then like when you wake up the next day, you're going to be even sadder. Oh, well, same I'm thing for still drinking keep a lot, but it yeah. gives you a couple hours of yeah, happiness. But keep trying. Yeah, I haven't given up. Go for it. Yeah. So James Pennebaker. A distinguished professor That's at the a, University of Texas. A distinguished name. Adorable name. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm James Pennebaker. Yeah. He got married right out of college in the early yeah, 70s. A nine-year-old <laughs> London kid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. He got married right out of college in the early 70s, three years after his marriage. Him and his wife started to question the relationship. Mm. Yada, yada, yada. He started writing. He was really depressed, and he started writing. Okay. And he realized that it had such an effect on his emotional state that he did a lot of research based on what he had experienced. What was he writing? Like journals or fiction? Uh, Yes. So he said he climbed out of bed, sat down on a typewriter. He started at the machine, stared at the machine for a moment, then started writing freely and frankly about his marriage, his parents, his sexuality, his career, and even death. As he wrote and continued to write in the days that followed, something fascinating happened. His depression lifted and he felt liberated. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, his own experience getting through this rocky period sparked 40 years of research Wow! about the links between writing and emotional processing. Over and over again, he did studies that divided people into two groups. So one group would write about their sort of emotional experiences and one other group would write about like their socks or like, you know, something <laughs> stupid. Okay. And... um and he would, like my socks made me feel good today. Stop that! No, <laughs> actually, emotion. I do love socks, so mm-hmm. I probably that probably would be an emotional, um, you know, piece of writing for me. So you're a variable in this experiment. <laughs> yeah, I'm an outlier. Um, so in each study, Pennebaker found that the people who wrote about emotionally charged episodes experienced marked improvement in their physical and mental well-being. They were happier, less depressed, less anxious. In the months after their writing sessions, they had lower lower blood pressure, improved immune function, and fewer visits to the doctor. They also reported better relationships, improved memory, and more success at work. Can I give my um, armchair diagnosis right now i love all your diagnosis thank you i want yes. everybody to know that i got a bachelor in the arts mm-hmm. i have absolutely no qualifications That's the most distinguished one it's very very distinguished I went to communications right for four years yeah yeah in communications mm-hmm. very tough program to mm-hmm. get into strategic organization <laughs> i went to college for four and a half years strategic organizational <laughs> for a communication oh my god it's the most bullshit you've ever heard in your life okay so (laughs) you when you are writing to nobody not for an audience for yourself i think that is the most um not it's not equivalent but it's the closest you can get to talking to a therapist who's a a neutral third party Mm -hmm. somebody who just listens and absorbs what you're saying and doesn't give their opinions, maybe gives you advice, maybe probes into why and how and gets you to think more. But you putting pen to paper for 
not an audience, I think is as close as you can get to going to therapy without going to therapy. Yep. Because even if you're talking to your friends <clears throat> and dishing and exposing all of this, your friends are going to either give their opinions or they're going to bolster you because they're your friends and that's their job and they're supposed to make you feel good about yourself even if maybe you're making poor decisions whereas that's not the job of the therapist and that's not the job of your journal. Yep. And that's why I think it feels good. It definitely does. So that's what this article says. Um, yes. Yeah. Aced uh, it. Right. So this is by Susan David, by the way. So when she heard about um, Penna Baker's research, she thought this reminds me of something that happened in my teenage years when she did some journaling and it mm -hmm. helped her get through a really difficult time. Um, but as she got older, she was still, still skeptical of his results, um, which seemed too good to be true. So how could just writing for 20 minutes a day for three days a week have such a positive and lasting effect on people's lives? And that's what his um, studies were. So, okay. um, you know, she did a study with like men who worked at a warehouse or something and they had no other um, qualifications or whatever. And they were all laid off. So it was like 50 men or something. Wow. And um, they she did she participated in this experiment or ran this experiment with them mm -hmm. where half of them did this, you know, journaling. emotionally charged journaling and then the other half did writing but not of an emotional substance. And um, the men who had delved into how they truly felt were three times more likely to have been reemployed compared with, to those who had not done the same thing. Um, and not only did the writing help the men process their experience, it, it helped them step out from their despondent inertia into meaningful action. Mm -hmm. So after many more studies with thousands of participants, children, elderly, students, professionals, healthy, ill, we can say with confidence showing up and applying words to emotion, emotions is a tremendously helpful way to deal with stress, anxiety, and loss. Um, for people who don't like putting pen to paper or fingers to the keyboard, there is nothing magical about the act of writing. False, but that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Talking into a voice recorder, for example, can deliver mm -hmm. the same results. So basically she's like, you know, and she goes on to say that it, it leads people to say like, this made me feel like, or mm -hmm. that made me want to do this. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how the emotionally charged writing just happens to evolve. And it's also a good way to separate your feeling from like sort of your personal attachment to that feeling totally. and you become almost the like you were saying Morgan the uh, psychologist in the situation yeah. and you are looking at it from an outsider's perspective even though it's yours because it's yeah. on a piece of paper or, yep. or on a recorder or whatever yep. um, so I just thought that was really interesting that you know we talk about these really sort of when you get down to it like silly things the style like you know mm -hmm. ellipses and emojis if you're and gonna whatever. journal don't use an ellipses <laughs> asshole oh my god could, could you imagine reading a journal that was all ellipses and no periods oh my god i couldn't no i okay i have two things okay go number one the men who were all laid off mm -hmm. and half journaled emotionally and half had to journal unemotionally. I almost feel like that's unfair because I know it's 
it's one thing to be like, okay, you have to do a mode of writing, but for the other guys, it's like, okay, you, that's just like homework. Like, okay, now you have to write about stuff that's unimportant and boring to you. Wait, and you, let me make sure I did that right. But as you keep talking, I'll no, make sure. <laughs> but it's like, I, I, I know I'm not, not every study can be a blind, perfect study. And I get yeah. what they were going for. And I'm sure that it's, that it still was much more emotionally satisfying to write about your emotions than to write about other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I feel like that's like almost unfair to be like, you just got fired. Now keep a journal about boring shit. Um, oh, the other ones didn't write at all. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. okay. That's yeah, more fair. That's, I miss. That's much more fair. Represented that study. Okay. Cause the one before was about. Yeah. So I just assumed it was okay. the same. No, they didn't okay. write at all. All right. Much more fair. Um, and then my other thing is that this is a tactic that I have a, and I use and I give as advice to people a lot. Uh, and obviously it's because I'm so smart because I have my bachelor's, whatever. In communications. It's just being reaffirmed through this study that yeah. when my friends are having a hard time or they're upset or they're having um, maybe a communication issue that keeps coming up like in a relationship mom boyfriend husband brother sister whatever i always say like if this is okay something that you keep coming up against over and over and over again and it's whatever conversations you are having aren't working Mm -hmm. write it down yeah and don't write it down and then send it write it down go to sleep look at it the next day because Mm -hmm. you can have that critical eye on your own writing that is like almost like a third party but it's not but yeah look at it the next day edit it, figure it out. And if you can give somebody a short, concise letter about what they're doing that is hurting you, for a lot of humans, I think that works better than saying it. Because a lot of people can't hear yeah. criticism because they get so defensive. Yeah. They they And they probably do when they first read it too. Yeah. And then it's like, but you then you can go, go back, back to it. and yeah. look at it. But if you're having an argument with somebody or somebody knows you're upset, like if you know I'm upset and I try to criticize you, it's like, okay, well, you're upset. You yeah, don't mean yeah. that. But if you have it written down and it's concise yeah. and clear and non-accusatory and a lot of I statements and I feel whatever, whatever, um, yeah. Writing's powerful, guys. Agreed. I mean, to be clear, this one was about own personal. It mm-hmm. was about like going out to other people. But it can help in both instances. And in Morgan's case, uh, or the example that she gave when you're trying to communicate with someone, if it doesn't work to send them, you know, in a thought out, uh, well-written communication, you could always just send them a passive-aggressive emoji. Thumbs up. Guys, everybody, Coco's drunk. Linda has to pee. The show is over. We need you to send us your grammar gripes, questions, and just send us your journals. It's drunkwordnerds at gmail.com. Please mail your journals to drunk. Okay, Gmails. so he's repeating the jokes that I'm saying because yeah. he's hammered. I do that all the time. Um, thanks for listening. Seriously, if anyone wants to mail their journal, e- email time. us and I'll send you our address. Are you laughing three times as hard I now? will read the entire journal <laughs> mm-hmm. as like a bonus episode or something. 
Nobody wants you to read their journals on air. Mm, you'd be surprised. Fucked up. No, I wouldn't. You'd be surprised. No, I wouldn't. You'd be surprised. No, I wouldn't. I had a, a journal that was like like a sentence a day or whatever mm-hmm. that you just put in. Yeah. And one time I was rereading it and I started laughing so hard because one of my entries was, uh, I went number two at Anthony's house today and then the toilet didn't flush and I had to... <laughs> Wait, you mean not when you were a child, you mean in your adult life. Wow. Did you get a plunger? What Dude, that's a serious Anthony's problem, my now though. husband. Uh, <laughs> but we were dating at the time. Did you get a plunger? What happened? I had to ask him to fix it. But that's how you know you're in love, event, He was like, but he was watching something and he was like, at the commercial, I'll do it. But he had two roommates and I was like, so I just stayed in the bathroom to be like, no one can come in here. And then eventually it started working again. So he didn't have to come in, but I had to go in and tell him, um, I need you to come. The toilet's not flushing. He's like, it's cool. Just leave it. And I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, that's good shit for a relationship. But you had Literally. this journal in your, your grown-up life? Yeah, it was like a line-a-day journal or Did something. Did you actually do it? Or just when you have to poop real bad? <laughs> she just wrote about her poops each day. All right, bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now you're okay. okay. Yeah, now we're all in business. We are all in business, people. In the biz. None of your business. If I want to take a guy home with me tonight, it's none of your business. If you want to be a freaking, sell it on the weekend. None of your business. Now you shouldn't even get into who I'm giving skins to. None of your business. Wear a condom. Try to change my mind. I'll tell you one more time. It's none of your business. This has been a riveting production.